Welcome back to the Flaherty Solutions Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about excuses, goals, and fears. My name is Kevin Flaherty, and right next to me is Aaron Flaherty. This podcast is all about helping you build wealth around what matters most to you in your life. Some of you may be tuning in because you've bought a Flaherty Solutions bookkeeping franchise, and others might be exploring buying a franchise, and some might just be tuning in because you are interested in using some of these tips, recommendations, ideas in your own life. For whatever reason you are here, thanks for tuning in. Aaron, you have an exciting week ahead. Tell us what's going on. Well, hi everybody. I am going to Rise Business, which is hosted by my girl online, Rachel Hollis. I really like everything she puts out and I'm excited to see her and several other really well-known names on social media like Tom Bailu, Dean Graziosi, Amy Porterfield, um, Ed Milet, and maybe some others are, are blanking, but um, yeah, really excited. So I'm heading out to Charleston, South Carolina tomorrow. She's for- leaving me alone with the kids. So if you see any house fires or anything crazy going on in Chester, Maryland, feel free to help me out. You can handle it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Verdict's still out on that. So you're going to Charleston, not Charlotte, Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Charleston. I've never been. I'm very excited. And I reached out to people going to the conference and hooked up with a fellow bookkeeper and she and I are going to be meeting for dinner so that we can explore Charleston before the conference starts. Very cool. Very cool. So a lot of people listening, they don't know who Rachel Hollis is. Who is Rachel Hollis? She wrote the New York Times bestsellers, Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing, which are just amazing. I personally like Girl Stop Apologizing better. So if you're looking into getting into her stuff or reading it and you are goal driven and motivated i would start with girl stop apologizing i'm sorry yes girl stop apologizing and then read girl wash your face but they're both great okay so a lot of the stuff you follow on social media with her deals with self-help and Mm -hmm. i feel like you know over the past six months been a whirlwind you started the franchise opportunity process Mm -hmm. and then you started landing bigger and bigger clients Mm -hmm. and you've always gone at 100 miles per hour Mm -hmm. but since tuning into Rachel Hollis I feel like your 100 has become a thousand miles per hour Mm -hmm. so she's just one of those impactful people that instantly has had a change in a positive way she will also say that she doesn't like just when people go accomplish your dreams, you can reach for the stars, you can do it. She uses the word tactical. She gives tactical advice. Okay. So she's not just going to give you some fluffy inspirational quote. She's going to actually tell you the steps you need to take to accomplish your goals. So I like that they're actionable items on her podcast, the rise podcast. Uh, yeah. I love that. She gives tactical and we give strategic. That's right. just, <laughs> just, I'm just messing around. Yeah. All no, right. I think we give tactical too. Yeah. We, we try to dive in. We do. Well, so preparing for this, you're reading up on all these other people that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And this Saturday morning, you were telling me about, who was it? Marie Forleo. She has a new book out, which is getting a lot of good reviews called Everything is Figureoutable. Everything is Figureoutable. Okay. So 
what does that mean? What was for those that don't have time to read, like myself, I'm looking for the cliff notes. I'm versions. not. I know, but I'm still not going to give everything away because the strength of the book is in the exercises. There, okay. so she is similar to. Rachel Hollis, and I actually heard about her through Rachel Hollis. She's going to be there at the conference, too. So it's really exciting to read somebody and get to know her through her book and then be able to interact with her. And I bought a VIP ticket, so I'm going to be pretty close to all these people. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you get to meet them all? And I don't know if I get to personally meet all of them, but I will have a front, second, third row seat to all of them. And I get to meet a few of them. I get to meet Dave. I get to meet Rachel. Dave is Rachel's husband. Um, I get to meet Dean Graziosi and Tom Bilo, who so right Impact there, stop it, stepping in. Dean Graziosi is amazing. If you want to get pumped up, listen to Rachel, listen to Dave, but also listen to Dean because he literally had nothing and now is worth over like three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's not about the glamour or anything like that. He's just all about pumping you up so you achieve your goals mm-hmm. so i'm super excited aaron gets to meet him mm-hmm. that's awesome so one of this lady's saying about it so everything is figure outable is basically just a problem solving book so whatever you're trying to figure out in life whether it's accomplishing a goal whether it is i have a child with severe allergies and i feel like our life is crumbled because he can't eat anything. You know, it just basically it takes you from things that are life and death, like illness and grieving and, but then also basic goals and lofty goals. So she will actually take you through exercises, which help you explore how you're stopping yourself from accomplishing those. And so a lot of people have said, well, does this book get any better? And if they say that, it probably means they're not diving in and really doing the exercises. And that's why I refuse to completely just give you the cliff notes. I mean, I can talk to you about it, but you really have to dive in and do the exercises and figure out how you are stopping yourself from, from moving forward. So in a nutshell, making excuses Mm -hmm. and how, how much does she dive into making excuses? Uh, a, a lot, but it's not the whole book either. Okay. Because I, I definitely feel like excuses, we all make them. Mm-hmm. And we're really good at making them. Mm-hmm. So any book that helps you break through and stop making excuses to getting towards your goals is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely on my list to read. Um, or at least finally steal the <laughs> Cliff Notes version. No, I, I'll, I'll read it. I'll and, read I it. Think, and I think excuses sounds like very... I think when people hear excuses, they think, well, oh... I, you know, it's like whiny and complainy and it's not all about that. It's, it's little things we tell ourselves why we can't do something when really we just won't do them. So I think excuses has a bad reputation when really we do all make them. And there are certain things that are in our control that we can change to make positive impact on our lives. Okay. So can I give you an example? Sure. So personally, I, everyone knows that. I like to run my business around my family. So that means I really like to be there to get my kids on the bus in the morning, be there to get them off the bus in the afternoon. And so when I was going through this excuses chapter, I realized uh, going through the exercise that I make an excuse. I can't take meetings across the bridge 
after the morning because who knows we live near the chesapeake bay bridge traffic's a nightmare and so i have limited myself to going across the bridge uh past the morning because what if traffic backs up and what if i can't get back and get the kids off the bus and part of the exercise is realizing what part of that is complete bs um, and i have hannah who gets off the bus every day and she has a key she can let herself in and she can also get her little sister off the bus if i need her so the book allows you to call bs on some of your excuses you know and how much more could i be productive across the bridge if i just tell myself that that shouldn't hold me back that's my own limiting belief yeah. holding me back and i could be out there and be meeting more people and be closing more business yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up two reasons it cracks me up is not for slowing down your success, but well, you keep saying the bridge and it keeps making me think the island from Lost. Oh. Like we have to get back to the island. We have to get back to the <laughs> island. And that's, that's the life we live when you live on an island, uh, especially going over to the Western shore is what we call it, the big city. Uh, but anyway, the other thing is on Saturday morning when we were having this conversation, you just said the book is so much more than just that. Um, but on Saturday morning, I took away the excuses part the most, like how people make excuses. And I think that's just because I can't stand when people make excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron and I both get asked to consult, uh, even though we never, ever advertise that we want to consult. But people bring us in due to our background, mine in finance, Aaron in running a successful business. So people want to bring us in and they want to get a, our opinion. And if I'm in a meeting and I'm giving advice or I'm critiquing and I get an excuse, that's fine. But then if I get a second excuse, that drives me crazy. If you are asking for my opinion and you keep coming up with excuses, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. The meeting is over. I'm just going to be polite and start to slowly or quickly wrap up that meeting. Because two excuses, if you're really serious about moving towards your goals, about becoming better, running your own business, whatever it is, and you have excuse after excuse, you're not ready. Mm -hmm. Like you should not quit your day job. You should not take the leap. You should keep doing whatever it is you're doing because your excuses, if you already have two, they're just gonna keep mounting up. So a couple of things. So what you said before about Aaron's going away, help me because I'm going to be here with the kids. I think society uses that excuse all day long where if you're a woman and you're a mother of tiny humans, you say, I can't go away because my husband can't handle it. Yes. Well, absolutely. Guess what? Suck it up, buttercup. Get ready. <laughs> leave him a list if you have to. And I, and I called a woman out, a friend of mine, we were sitting at Girl Scouts and she mentioned that she has not been away either by herself or with her husband in a long time. And her youngest is now in kindergarten, just like ours is. And she said, well, I don't really know how she'd do if I went away. And I said, she'd be fine. Like yeah. at this point, there's never a great time to leave the whole family mm -hmm. and go and do your thing. But she really wanted to go. She, her sister-in-law is having a, uh, not a bachelorette party, uh, a big zero birthday party away. 
and she wants to go. And I said, well, you can find any excuse to stay home. You can yeah. say that people can't handle your children, but guess what? They can, yeah. and you're going to be just fine. And I think this is an excuse that especially mothers use to stay near the nest and not get out there yeah. and accomplish their goals. Absolutely. That is absolutely. So let's talk about goals, right? New Year's is right around the corner. And since we're on the excuses trend, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Right. 8%, a new study just came out, 8% of people achieved their New Year's resolution goal. All right. But I think that's because people are using New Year's as the excuse to create the goal rather than assessing what they're trying to work at every week, every day, every month, every quarter. Why would January 1st be any different if, if you're not motivated the whole year round to make change? Exactly. And I recently wrote a blog post about that. If you are waiting to New Year's, you already have right now in the back of your mind what you want to do to get better, but you're waiting till New Year's. You want to have some champagne. You want to kick off that goal and ultimately fail. Because if only 8% achieve it, 92% of us fail this goal. So you have the goal. Start today. Do one little thing towards that goal today. If you want to lose weight, that's got to be the most popular one for New Year's. It's November 5th. Do something today. Wake up earlier. It, all right, it's already too late. You, it's already midday by the time you're hearing this podcast. Go for a walk at lunch. Do something. If you aren't making the type of money you want to make, figure it out. Do I need a side hustle? Do I need to sell a product I use every day. We have friends that sell Arbon. They are killing it, all right? And a lot of people throw shade at those type of companies, but they're absolutely killing it. What can you do right now to improve your goals, to move forward towards those goals? Because that's what you need to be doing. You don't need the excuse to wait to New Year's. I'm glad you said that because we didn't plan out what we exactly what we're going to say on this episode, but I'm so glad that you keep, kind of keep on bringing it around to things that I wanted to add to the podcast. And in reading Everything is Figureoutable and going through the exercises with the goals, I had an epiphany because some of my goals were, uh, well, one of them, for example, was go to Italy with the family. Well, I thought to myself, that's stupid because we can do that. We can do that next summer. So that's not really a goal. That's just me holding us back and being like, well, Parker won't enjoy it. And Hannah won't <laughs> enjoy it because she doesn't enjoy anything because she's almost 13. No, that's not a goal. That's wasting space on my notebook. Yep. And, you know, that's not everybody's goal. But if there's something that is within your control, I want to eat more vegetables. I was blessed with a lot of willpower. So if I say I'm going to eat a lot of vegetables, I'm going to eat more vegetables than you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. But if it's within your control, why is it taking up space? Why aren't you just taking a step toward that? Why is that a, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It is a goal for a lot of people, but it's like, well, this is stupid because I'm the one holding me back. Yep. I, it, but the goals that I really want to work on are, like I mentioned in last episode, doing 50 to 60% more revenue next year. Well, that's something I can't just change and do overnight. I yeah. have to drum up business. I have to be strategic. That's a, a worthy goal. I can't sell 100 franchisees today. That's something I have to work on. But if it's eat more vegetables, like get out of my notebook and yeah. let me just do that. 
Exactly. And so for those that don't know, uh, we journal every day where we write down 10 goals. And the way we write these goals down is you're looking forward a year forward or you're looking back. You're writing as if you're looking back. It's actually, te- yeah. So it's a Rachel Hollis practice. I got it from her. If you want to Google the start today journal practice, she sells journals, but she tells you, you don't have to buy a journal to do this. You can take any old notebook and you write, so it's 10 years. So you picture your best self 10 years in the future and you write 10 things that you want to come to fruition in 10 years, but you write them as if they've already happened. So uh, one of ours, and this is so obnoxious, is (laughs) I have a full-time housekeeper. That is not obnoxious <laughs> at all. And I thought there were one-year goals. So well, I, I'm planning on a so housekeeper up. Well, then, in one year. But your brain doesn't know when you state it like that and you actually write it down. Your brain doesn't know if it's already happened or not. So you automatically start taking steps towards these goals, whether they've happened or not. So you're tricking yourself. Yeah. So I have a, not I will have a full-time housekeeper. I have a full-time housekeeper and I'll put personal things. Kevin and I have an exceptional relationship. I have a close relationship with Hannah. I have a close relationship with Parker. I, my diet is 90% whole foods is one of mine that's on yeah. my list. So this is, we're bearing our soul here, but it, it came, it came from the Rachel Hollis start today journal practice. And it really is. Um, and then the other part, do you want to talk about the other part? The gratitude. Yep. And you actually start with that. You start with gratitude. Okay. So I just like doing everything backwards. <laughs> that's my MO. Okay. Um, so then you just talk about what you're grateful for mm-hmm. and you write down five things minimum. Five things minimum. And it's amazing once you get into the practice, how it's so easy and you just keep rattling off Yeah, and you get to 10. I mean, I do minimum five. But it, it doesn't have to be, you know, like I'm grateful for this car or you can, I mean, you can definitely be grateful, but it can be simple stuff. Like I'm grateful for the relationship I have with my children. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for the relationship I have with my friends. Um, all those type of things. It doesn't have to be these grandiose uh, items. I like the little things. It was it was good weather at the bus stop when I had to wait. Yes. Uh, it was good weather on Halloween when we went trick-or-treating. It wasn't rainy. It was nice weather. So I like the little things that happen throughout the day that you can be grateful for that were just little bonuses. Yeah. And I could do a whole other podcast on, you know, gratitude and just – I think our, our minds in this culture of, we grew up in the MTV culture, uh, where big celebrities, we want to be these people on TV doing these crazy things. And now kids today are seeing it on YouTube and Instagram. And we're not grateful for what we have right in front of us. And so I like the journal. It's helping me rewire my brain just to be like, I don't need to be on TV and be this hotshot celebrity because I'm pretty sure I missed that boat. But secretly, like it's that's the culture we grew up with, and it's in the did I fail at something? No, I have an absolutely amazing life, and you forget it if you don't take time to write what you're grateful for. Although you do look sort of like Carson Daly still, I still do. And since I've been doing my journal, I've been exercising more, so I might get back down to my real Carson Daly weight (laughs) when I looked exactly like him. When, you know, we're going 1997 here. That's going to be a big push. All right. So we've we've covered excuses, goals. I want to talk a little bit about fears. And you just 
kind of hit one out of the park this past weekend. What did you do for the first time <gasps> oh, ever? Oh, I am always terrified. So this was, getting a podcast was a fear just because I don't love to hear my voice. I don't love to see videos of myself. It's fine if you can take a picture because then I can be like, okay, that one's good. Let's post it. Yeah. But putting yourself out there live, I mean, when I was selling mortgages, people would ask me to record myself all the time and I refused. And it was just being, I guess, vain or whatever it was. Yeah. I just didn't want to hear myself, so I didn't want it out there. So I, this weekend, did my first Facebook Live video on the Mama with a Mission Facebook page, which is a page I created that uh, just supports women and men looking to find meaningful work around what matters most, like their family or charitable you know, event causes that they're a part of. So I did my first Facebook Live. I'm going to do another one soon. Once I did the first, I broke the seal. We're you might good. have to do it down in Charleston. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a great idea. I can't do it at the conference, but yeah. 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 But I might. You're going to have good downtime. So are there any other fears that you currently have that you're trying to like break through? Hmm. Well, I am nervous about growing too fast because getting business in our industry bookkeeping is such a need so getting business isn't hard but there's that great I just landed this big client how are we going to support it so there's always that fear there's fear going away that Parker's going to be upset and I'm going to be damaging her by being away from her which is is BS but it's yeah. still a fear it's a natural fear how about you I, it's funny because I do YouTube videos on my side hustle is I'm a YouTube chef cook. No, I'm not really qualified to say chef, but I still am petrified, not petrified, but I still get really nervous about going live or doing anything live, even though I'm behind the camera once a week making YouTube videos about cooking. And there's just something to when you film it and you can edit it and you can completely scrap it and no one will ever see it versus I'm going to hop on Instagram and just go live. I'm going to do it on Facebook, um, which I'd never do because I keep all that to my Instagram personality and I haven't showed my friends and family too much of my YouTube personality and that's a fear. Uh, but I, I, we just talked about excuses. Right. I have a lot of clients, finance clients that are on my Facebook page and I feel like I can't mix those two worlds. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a valid excuse. It is. Well, it's a valid, but if you think about it, one of the exercises in the book is to really examine your fears and go down that rabbit hole of okay, so you make an idiot of yourself on your YouTube video and your client doesn't like it. What is the worst case scenario? They, I mean- They fire me. Well, okay. <laughs> and that, and that is a, that's a valid excuse. If you, but, and then you kind of look at what's the likelihood of, yeah. of your client, of especially your, your high-end clients firing you because of something they saw. When you're doing a cooking channel in our kitchen with our family, like what are the odds of that? I know. And it I'm is, not trying to it invalidate it, but um, for, for me, I was thinking about what I'm afraid of and I was just afraid of looking stupid. And the result of me looking stupid 
is not, I can't think of anything tangible where we wouldn't have enough to eat because, yeah. because I look stupid <laughs> on, on Facebook. And I was like, well, that's stupid. I'm just going to go do it now then because that's we're, just, we're still going to have that's food just on dumb. the table. Right. I, so I look dumb. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And I do feel like that fear is starting to subside. But I know as soon as I pull the phone up and start to go live, those butterflies are going to come back in. But whatever. I just, yeah. some things, you just got to jump out of the airplane. And you just got to do it. Hopefully with a parachute on your back. Mm-hmm. But that's where we are. Yeah. I think when you start thinking about these things, excuses, goals, and fears, uh, you, they normally all start of, you know, get put in the boiling pot together. Mm-hmm. And you really just need to focus on your goals Mm -hmm. and doing one simple step towards that. Mm -hmm. And it helps push the excuses aside and it helps push your fears aside. You might always have them, but that's... So you talked about working out. Yep. Is that kind of your focus right now for your... Like if you you were to talk about your goals. Yeah. And I'm rewiring my brain. Because I used to work out so much for basketball. I played college basketball and I had to be in the gym all the time. Um, And I used to do it kind of for sports performance. And then I did it for vanity. I wanted to look good. I wanted to attract somebody else that looked good. (laughs) Thank God that worked. Uh, But then obviously dad bod has gone into overdrive. And my goal has been to I want to look great again well that's like dropping 45 pounds that's not going to happen overnight and that's been self-sabotaging myself for years so now when I think about working out I just want it for my health I don't want it to make myself look better if that's a side effect hell yeah I'll take that all day long but I want my organs I want my body circulating I want to be healthy and because we see vices, we see, you know, people drinking, smoking, you're drinking, you're smoking. And then you look at people and you're like, wow, they're 60 and they, they drank and they smoked. Like I can do that if I want to, I can have those vices in my life. But then if you really look at it and you're, you're like, they don't have a quality life. They might be coughing all the time. They might not have any energy. It might be a pain in the ass to tie their shoes in the morning. So when you start thinking about it like that, yes, you can live till 90 years old and smoke a couple cigarettes every day and drink every day, but you're going to be sore. You're not going to be chasing your grandchildren around. It's not going to be the quality of life you want. So when you start thinking about it for me like that, that makes it really easy to get up out of bed and just start walking, doing push-ups, doing sit-ups, because I want that better quality of life. I want to be 75 and hiking up a mountain, not for the vanity of looking good, mm-hmm. but just I don't want to have, I don't want to complain that it's a pain to put my shoes on. Mm-hmm. For me, looking good is not enough incentive to do it every day. I've gotten into a groove where I work out every single day for 30 minutes. I want something that's long lasting, something that I can maintain. And because if I, I feel like if I work out an hour every day, that's just a lot. So I just do 30 minutes every single day. And for me, it got to the point where 
the prospect of looking good and looking better was not enough. It's how I feel after the workout and the energy I have all day long that keeps me doing it. So that's just, so I'm not sure if maybe some others are motivated by looking good and they can, they can stick with it. But I've noticed the same thing. It's not, it's not about looking good. It won't, you won't stick to it. Yeah. And that literally just kind of clicked in my brain. I want to say like four years, uh, four days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's four, quite a difference. Four, four years, four days. <laughs> like yesterday. You almost like five, spit your coffee no, all over. Like five minutes ago. It just clicked in the place. <laughs> no, but literally like four days ago and uh, yesterday I ran my first mile. Like literally Yay, ran my first mile. congratulations. Thank you. And then four days ago I ran half a mile yeah. and, and then like walked and died the other half. But right. I'm making those steps. I'd say let's wrap it here. Yeah. Or was there anything last thoughts? No, or? good stuff. Good All stuff. right. Well, you guys know the drill. Please uh, click that follow or subscribe. I don't know how you do it on podcast. Subscribe, right? Subscribe, subscribe. to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the Flaherty Solutions Podcast.com. We write uh, blogs. Uh, we try to do it daily, but it's probably we're a little crazy right now. So it's every other day. We're trying to write and put up content. Mama with a mission on Facebook. Go check out that page like that. Uh, always interesting questions trying to help you have a better day. So make sure you check that out. And invite people who you think could benefit from a page which is talking about work-life balance. I know it's such a catchphrase, but meaningful work around and, and building wealth around things that matter most. That's right. Building wealth around things that matter the most to you. You guys have a fantastic day, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.